podcast listener thank you for tuning in i am your host for the evening thomas smith if you listen to episode zero i'm hoping that you enjoyed the sound quality and hopefully we got a bit of an improvement for this so first off let me introduce myself as i said before i'm thomas smith i'm a craft beer enthusiast a home brewer a beer sales rep and most recently a certified beer server by way of the cicerone certification program When I say that I am a beer enthusiast, it's probably an understatement. I am a craft beer fanatic. I obsess over beer in all its parts. I say I know more than your average beer consumer, but by no means should you take me as an absolute authority. Why would I start a beer podcast when there are so many out there? Well, when I first put it out into the world that I was going to do a beer podcast, the intention was to have a friend who was just now getting into beer to come on the show and we would track his journey throughout beer. As he learned more, we would kind of sit and discuss what he's learning what and maybe even have a few live experiences with him as he's trying to track his way through beer. And I felt like that would be a good way to help other people be introduced into this world of beer. This friend of mine stuck to light beer he knew. Occasionally, he might venture out to try something different like a Heineken or a Corona. He even went as much as to look down on local beer and people going to local places to get different beer other than what he was used to. For some time, he was really set in his ways, even scoffing at an amber lager I once brought the poolside from a local brewery. Even making a statement saying, I'm kind of a beer snob. And he was speaking about himself being a beer snob. So, you know, he thought he was a beer snob. I only like him but light. So thanks to a few lady friends in his life, he started to break out of his comfort zone. As of late, um, he was enjoying porters and stouts. But still, when I take him to a new place, he'd look at me and ask, what is good here? Of course, I would be new to the place as well. Typically, I don't even look at beer reviews of places unless I'm at a bottle shop and the labeling is not exactly giving a good description of what might be in the packaging. I believe he was intimidated by the vast number of choices and also nervous to try new things. Kind of how I feel when I go into a Starbucks. Uh, I kind of know what I want, but there's so many choices on the board, um, I usually just lacy order for me. Some of you beer nerds out there, like myself, you've probably cringed when you heard a bartender describing the Belgian white on menu as kind of like a blue moon, or seeing the menu calling something like a Bud Light. As much as that makes us beer nerds cringe, the diversity of beer is still a novelty to many Americans, and I still find it that people are surprised when they see that beer even comes in more colors than pale straw. So, you know, these kind of things are necessary. This previously mentioned friend of mine, we have since uh, split ways. So that won't be the path that this podcast is taking. 
Fortunately, serendipity recently struck while visiting a brewery down in Dayton, Tennessee. Uh, the name of the brewery was Monkey Town Brewing, to be exact. And before I tell this story, just to be clear, this is in no way a negative reflection of the staff at Monkey Town Brewery. The servers were doing a great job to make sure that everybody was happy enjoying their time there. And I just want to make sure you know that our server was phenomenal and she did not stop moving for a second, taking care of all her tables and customers. So let's get to the story. My better half, Lacey, and I had been out looking at uh, houses all day. Hadn't had much of a chance to grab a bite to eat, but we had already planned on coming to this brewery anyway, so you know, don't need to ruin that potential meal, right? During the drive, I was starving. So I started to pull up the beer menu and the food menu and started plotting my course of action. My first two choices of beer were selected based on what the ladies would say they liked for uh, appetizer. And the options I was putting out there in the world were fried pickles or beer cheese. Fried pickles were selected, so I went with the Hellas. Our pickles didn't come, and my fried fish tacos came out grilled. Now, this was a favor to me because if anybody knows me, if you've ever seen my waistline, grilled is what I actually needed to be eating anyways. During the conversation, I commented how I would have made different beer choices for the for the lack of fried pickles and had I known I would be getting the fish. Lacey's friend Jen laughed at me and she tells me her son, who thinks that she is a beer snob, should hear me talk. Now, I probably owned the label, but later that night it got me thinking. In a world with so many food choices, we make so many different decisions about flavor combinations and trying to find what complements best to excite our taste buds. Most of us don't do that arbitrarily. Why is it so snobby for someone to decide what beer is going to go with their food? Now, I kind of think that goes back to the limited beer choices Americans have been stuck with for quite some time. Um, most people don't think about beer as a broad category. They think of it as one thing instead of this this big encompassing term that covers a lot of different beverages. Some are very different from one another. Um, if you took an alien and put barley wine and a light American lager right beside them, they'll probably assume that they were two different beverages, I would think. So I say all that to say this. I think I found what this podcast should be about. Finding the perfect beer for the right situation. I want you to find your best beer moments and demystify the steps of making that choice so that you can get to the magical moment of enjoying your beer. So with that being said, let's take a quick break and we'll get back to it. Hello. What's up? Thomas? Thomas? Hello? 
Okay. I deserve that. one of the real first cold days in North Carolina. The mercury dropped down to 33 and with a real feel of 27. No signs in the next few days of that classic weather swing that we're known for here in the Carolinas. So it's a good time to start with some good cold weather beers, which I am pretty excited about. These are the kind of beers that really got me into craft beer in the first place. So let's discuss and with this time of year, most brewers are going to be turning out some type of winter warmer or winter ale. These beers aren't really a style to themselves. They're normally made from some sort of base beer. So, you know, you might have a, a brown ale, a Belgian, triple or a double or even a wheat beer. It could be any wide variety of beers, but these are some of the more common ones you're going to see. These beers typically have a high 
ABV, that's alcohol by volume, with lots of body and added spices such as ginger, cinnamon, clove, and so on. Uh, the kind of spices that encompass that Christmas season here in the West. So when would be a good time to enjoy one of these beer styles? Well, the straightforward answer to any recommendation I would give you for enjoying a beer is whenever you want to. But I think this is great while doing something holiday related. For me personally this year, I'm going to be enjoying one of these beers as we decorate our Christmas tree. The holiday spice reminds me of sweet potato or pumpkin pie in a lot of these beers or even gingerbread and sometimes eggnog. It really brings back a lot of fond memories of this time of year, all encompassed in a nice, delicious beer. The next cold weather beer I've got a suggestion for you to try is not for the faint of heart. Barley wine. This is one beer that has not exploded a lot on the beer scene for a reason. Um, it can be an acquired taste. It is a very heavy beer, sometimes can be cloyingly sweet. It has a high alcohol bite to it. And it is a sipper, not a drinker. That's one thing about barley wine. If you're not familiar with barley wine, the name might throw you off. Don't let the name fool you. Barley wine is beer, and it's very strong beer. The style guides for both English and American versions put this beer between 8 to 12% alcohol by volume. But just to point out, um, most versions that I've seen have always been 10% or higher. I don't think I've ever encountered the 8% in the wild. Just a few fun facts about the barley wine uh, while we're talking about it is that barley wine was actually created to kind of help wean British upper class off of French wine. So they were trying to really trying to get more domestic sales from the British upper class and stop giving money to French because we know how well the French and the British get along. I did mention that there is a British and an American version of this. Um, the British version is probably going to be a little bit sweeter, uh, or at least initially it's going to be a little bit sweeter. If we're looking at two batches that have been recently produced, the British is going to be a little bit sweeter. The American is going to be a bit more hoppy. Um, with the American, it's really focusing on hops, but not in that uh, sense where we're getting a bunch of different flavors from the hops. It's mainly focusing on the bittering aspects of the hops. Now, with those bittering flavors, they will die down over time. That's one of the reasons why people love to age barley wine. That hop character that you're going to find in the American is going to fade out over time and it's going to mellow out and it's going to give you more interesting flavors. Typically, this beer is going to, after it's been aged out, it's going to drink more like a wine or a sherry. And like I say, it is a sipper, has warm alcohol notes and lots of different uh, subtle fruit notes in there as well. Now, the best time I like to enjoy this beer has always been just before snow. When it's bone cold outside and you can just feel the breeze cutting through you, that is the best time for me to enjoy barley wine. Another time is when I'm actually hanging out outside, maybe by a fire pit. Um, barley wine, like I said, it is a sipping beer. It drinks sometimes like a wine or a brandy or a sherry. So you sip on it, really warms you up. 
and the fact that this beer is best at 55 degrees or higher in temperature. It's not a cold drink, so it's a nice one to have sometimes instead of an ice-cold lager or a uh, fairly cold IPA, especially in those cold winter months. All right, so one more winter beer suggestion I'm going to give to you. You will likely find scores of this beer out in your local market. I'm going to give you the broad category because this is a category of beer that has lots and lots of subcategories, and it divides off into near infinitum, especially when you consider brewers like to add extra names to it, such as uh, whatever additional flavor they might add into it. But this is stouts. And mainly you're going to have your imperial stouts that are going to be really great for enjoying in this cold winter weather. And then you're going to have a whole another host of uh, heavy-bodied stouts that, as I said before, may be more defined by what the brewer has added to it or what flavors they've been trying to encompass. Things such as maybe like a chocolate stout or a donut stout or a peanut butter stout. Um, lots of great stout options you're going to find out there. A stout is a really good go-to for a lot of brewers and a lot of people being introduced into the uh, into beer. Why is a stout perfect for this time of year? Rich, roasty, high ABV. Stouts are great for the cold weather, man. Why is a stout great for this time of year? Rich, roasty, high ABV beer. Stouts also pair well with food or they're great to stand alone. Your traditional American stout goes well with fish dishes, especially fish that isn't fried. I find that most stouts go well with sweets, especially the really roasty, roasty or dessert-leaning stouts. In a season when pies and cakes are in abundance, a stout should be one of your go-to beers this time of year. So, let's sum it up. The three beers that you should be looking for that you should probably try, try to check out at least sometime soon are going to be your winter warmers slash winter ales, barley wine, imperial stouts. Um, and then, of course, there are going to be dozens of other stouts to try amongst that as well. But especially keep an eye out on the rich imperial style if you're looking to warm yourself up during these cold months. So that's going to conclude for our podcast today. and. Yeah, with that, we're going to wrap it up. What are your thoughts? Have you had any of these beers this season already? Do you have any suggestions of some beers to get yourself started this winter? Leave me some feedback at thebrewsmith.com where I will have a transcript of this show posted or find us on Facebook or Instagram just by searching for The Brewsmith. Music for this episode was Free Range by Mona Wanderley. Late to Rise by your friend the ghost featuring Yabi Smoked Out Funk and Over Soon by Liquid. You can leave comments or feedback at thebrewsmith at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook. You can help support by visiting thebrewsmith.com and checking out some of our awesome beer related merch. Thanks for listening and I am Thomas Smith signing off.